Welcome to the Stonebridge Church Parenting Podcast, where we try to find meaning through the mess. The following audio is from our live parenting class held here at Stonebridge Church. Each episode will cover a specific topic related to parenting. From discipline to technology, we cover a wide range of important issues that parents need to have down. Now, here's parenting. Great. Um, Well, this is just an outline of what we're going to discuss today. So I'm going to talk to you about uh, spiritual formation. Um, First, I'll talk to you about who we are. Endgame. What are we trying to accomplish with spiritual formation? Um, And kind of where the rubber meets the road. How do we get there? And we'll talk about some dangers along the way. And uh, I'll give you a little final encouragement. Okay, so this is a picture of us. So um, this is me, obviously. My wife, Carrie, on the end. Ariel, our 18-year-old in the middle, Katie, our 16-year-old, and Whitney, our 13-year-old. So three girls, and I think it's, it's pretty obvious now why I have no hair. So uh, <laughs> we've, uh, we've really just had a lot of fun with them. Um, you know, it is... It, They're it, fantastic it, girls, too. They're yeah. in the student well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, this is how we got to meet Josh. And, and uh, this is one of the great things about this church is, is their, uh, their incredible student ministry and the, and the love they show these kids and um, how they pour into their lives. So our kids have thrived at this church. Okay, and by the way, my wife is coming. She was just helping out at the, at the youth group. Uh, in the, they have the bridge over there for the senior high and junior high, and uh, we, there's a coffee shop and a food service, so we help out on that once a month, and it was our month, so she's coming. Okay, so let's talk next about the end game. What is your end goal for spiritual foundation and formation for your family? What are we trying to accomplish? What are, what are you hoping when, you're, when your child is 18, getting ready to leave the house, what do they look like? What is, what are, tell me, what's your, what, what is your goal for your family, your kids? Spiritual confidence. Okay, spiritual confidence. Knowing what they believe and why they believe it. Okay, having confidence. Yes. Well, no, I was just, yes. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Spiritual um, basis of self-esteem Okay, love it. So, yeah, knowing who they are, um, you know, having that self-esteem, knowing, hey, this is this is who I am. This is who God says I am. Um, having a kind heart, being being changed a little bit from the inside. Okay, absolutely. Um, I would say too, just like a, a faith that's like independent from me completely. You know, like it's, owning their own faith, it's like, it's owning their own faith. If I'm gone, it's still there, you know, and that they can kind of carry it forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think back to when you were leaving the house and now you get to college or um, off to the work world, you're out of the house. Do you want to go to church? You know, are you going to continue living that way or are you going to go your own way? So absolutely. Those are those are very important. So um, some of the things that we we thought about salvation, obviously, uh, very important. Um, we wanted our kids to all. Um, receive Christ, trust Christ as their Savior, know what it means, know what's important about salvation. Um, doctrine. Doctrine's important. We wanted them to understand what, what they believe um, and, and why they believe it. Uh, knowing the Bible, so knowing God's Word, knowing what, uh, what the Bible says, that was important for us as well. And then seeing seeing the character growth, seeing some changes on the inside um, as they uh, learn who God is, are changed by the Holy Spirit, and start reflecting Christ's character. So those were kind of the end goals for us, uh, for our family, and what we saw. Um, 
What does the Bible teach us? What should we be looking for for spiritual formation from the Bible? And here is Carrie. All right, welcome. This is my beautiful wife, Carrie. And we're just now on uh, what does the Bible say? Oh, good. You might. Yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've got Hebrews 11.6 here. For without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those that earnestly seek him. So faith, we kind of figure it starts here, right? I mean, our kids, uh, they, need to, they need to know who God is and they need to believe him. So that was kind of the beginning spot for us. And, um, and I think this Bible you know, says, hey, without faith, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that's kind of our starting point. Next verse here, Mark 12, 30 through 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So I'm kind of a big picture guy. Um, and so that was, that was really my focus for our girls was I really wanted them to love the Lord and to love others. And, um, and that's kind of how I knew if they were, um, you know, if they really had a faith that they were trusting the Lord and I saw them, you know, experiencing more love for the Lord, more love for others, a deeper intimacy um, those were kind of my, that was my big goal. That was, that was really what I wanted them to, to uh, achieve while they were under my roof. And then 1 Peter 1, 16, because, uh, be holy because I am holy. And Ephesians 5, 1, therefore be imitators of God. So you had kind of mentioned this, you know, you want to, you want to see some character qualities, some changes in, in, your, in your kids. You want them to um, not only know who God is and have uh, uh, um, saving faith in him, but you also, and you want them to love the Lord, but you also want them to be changed uh, by the Holy Spirit and be showing growth um, in the character qualities. And I mean, I think there, there's no greater example of, of love than wanting to imitate and, and the desire to imitate. And, um, and, you know, and we see that our kids a lot of times are going to be imitating us, which is, uh, you know, sometimes a word of caution for us as parents that they're going to be imitating what we do. Yeah, but it's, it's out of that love. They want to be like us. And so and I put the WWJD down here. I'm sure all of you have seen that or. Remember that, what would Jesus do? And, and so the idea is, you know, we want our kids to be living out what Jesus would be like. We want them to represent God and his character. Okay, so that was kind of our goal for our children and where we wanted them to go. And we felt like um, those were, um, you know, based on things that we knew from the Bible, this, is, this was a good plan for us. But how do we get there? And, and I was challenged um, by a pastor one time, you know, saying, okay, you know where you want to go, but what choices are you making day to day to make sure you get there? And I think that kind of hit home for me because it was like, yeah, I know, I know where I want my kids to be, but I wasn't really thinking about the day to day choices, um, that we were making, that we were making in our family and what we were doing as to, you know, how we get there. So I think it's important to kind of think about that. So what are some of your strategies? What are some of the things that you're doing um, in your families to try and help your children have a deeper faith, um, love the Lord more, love others more, and be more Christ-like? What are some of the things that, that uh, you all have done or you're thinking you want to do, you want to try? I think we, we try to 
carve out some sort of like at least devotion time at some, at some point, you know, and it's like very hit or miss um, just because the nighttime routine is pretty difficult. So, but we try to do it at some point during the week and just sit down where we talk about something of spiritual kind of quality. And, um, and so, and, and just, and even the conversations we have, trying to constantly kind of have spiritual conversations, um, you know, whether they're small or big or whatever, but just that, so they're used to talking about it. Sure, absolutely. How old are yours now? Um, I was four. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, that's right. Start early. Start early. I love it. We, we started early. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Be talking to your kids, not just on Sundays, not just counting on the... We had a friend growing up that was a youth pastor, and, and that was always one of his big complaints was that a lot of parents would come in and say, hey, you know, my kid is, is you know, not getting as much attention and not, you know, not behaving well, and you're not doing your job, and, and uh, you know, and so he would, he would be like, oh, you know, wait a second, <laughs> have you... Yeah, it's hard, you know. So as parents, I, th- I think it's our job, right? We're the ones that, that are with our kids all the time. And, um, and so it's not, don't just count on your youth pastor to be the one speaking truth into their lives. We need to be doing that on a regular basis. And we'll get to that in a little bit more too on how the Bible says. Anything else? Anything else that worked for you growing up or that you are thinking you want to try with your kids? Um, along those same lines, we just kind of... Starting up, you know, I just want to make this big declaration. I'm like, no, I'm just going to start doing it and see how they react. And so it's a morning devotional when they eat breakfast. Ah. And so it was actually a book that Stephanie and them had um, at the weekend at Timothy's and my boys do sports. So we didn't get to go. And so, but she offered it. So I bought it. And it's a dinner table devotional, but we make a breakfast table. And so I just, once I fix them to breakfast, that's the one time we all are kind of. On a consistent basis, the morning is in. At the evenings, one has four, you know, so, and I just started reading it while they're eating. Awesome. And read the scripture. And then we don't, I mean, eventually I'm like, but what I found is, is we don't have time then to discuss a whole lot. I just sort of leave it. And then later in the day, or later in the week, remember when we read the book? And we kind of bring it up then. Sure. So now it's just something they just kind of. No, that's what we're going to do. And then I have a separate sports book that I found at Lifeway. Sports devotionals for boys. Awesome. And that's the Saturday morning devotional because that's when they have some of the games. And so we just kind of took it there. And they've actually got my older one, kind of, he's in sixth grade, sometimes for rolls as I. But he's in sixth grade. He hasn't done anything. So it's something of late. It's kind of at least made me sort of. And then. Ever so often, I will. When I the, the one thing I hope to try this summer to be more consistent about is I found some little chalkboard clips. Okay. And the scripture reading for the day, I just put the verse and clip it to the Bible ah, by the bed. Okay. And I ask them. Yeah. To read it before they go to bed. I can't. Sure. No. But I thought, well, it's at least there. For, but there are some things I don't get around to reading quite on my books. Yeah. <laughs> it's the clip from the first movie. <laughs> Well, I love that. And a couple of things that I'll just highlight real quick because these are very important. One, all of our kids are different, involved in different things. Find something that they're excited about. The, the sports Devo, that's great. Um, one of the things that we did with our girl, our girls were very visual and, and you know, we would do family Devos and stuff and, and they'd be like, oh, dad. Oh. And we found the Bible Project, which is this uh, series of videos online and, and they love watching videos. And they, so they gravitated towards that and would really be excited about that. 
Um, we would do that for a period when they were younger too. They loved Veggie Tales, so we had them watch Veggie Tales. We got a little Veggie Tale Devo book, and, and so there's um, you know find something that your kids will will like, and um, and there's plenty of resources out there. So that's great. I'd like to see the kids or try more get their hands on the Bible because so many times these you know you can put your apps on there and they're very useful, but I still. I'm old school, I still like having that Bible in your hand. I think there's something there's tactile about it, and it is, all it's in there is the Word of God. Yeah. Whereas there's a lot of junk on it. That's true, so, that's true. You know, you can easily flip from one good word to something that isn't quite so positive. So, you know, I would, I would love to see them get their hands on it. Love it. Awesome. Agree. Yeah, that's great. Yes. Something that I feel um, is important is we live in, you know, the woodlands where our kids don't see that others don't have what they have. And I, that's really important to us is our kids um, getting involved in service and they're young so they're six mm. and eight so trying to figure out you know what's appropriate for them but we recently did um, yeah, like a Meals Bills. on Wheels delivery yeah. and it was good it was good for them and just you know explaining to them how you know how important do you think that people feel like when they have two young children delivering their meals you know yeah. and then talking about you know how does it feel to you to have that you know to do that for someone else and how good it feels for them so that was that was just good we want to of that. Great. And we can do every week, but you know, yeah. it's something you can sign up for once a month. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've done something similar. We've done just meal, meal packing events and, and things like that where kids of all ages can get involved. They have fun. Um, you know, it's just a great way to serve. So that's, yeah, look for service projects that you can do as a family. That was a huge part for us as well. Okay, great. Um, here's some things that we got from the Bible talking about. Teaching our children about God. So several of the other instructors have uh, in this parenting class have brought this, this verse up. So this is called the Shema. Shema means here. Shema is the Hebrew term. And so it's hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols around your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So this was, a, this was an important verse for us. So this is given to the Israelites um, as, as they're um, going, going through the Exodus and they're uh, being told, hey, by the Lord, this is what you need to do. So we're, as parents, we're given the responsibility of teaching our kids. And notice what it says about when. Not just on Sundays, not just at bedtime, not just in the morning. It's all the time. And so many of the other teachers have been talking to you about the different things that we've talked about in this class. And and they've been saying more is, is caught than taught. So it's what we model. It's how we live that our kids are really watching. They'll listen to us a little bit, but they really are watching us to see how we're living. And so this just reminds you. It's how we're living. We're teaching our, our children about God all the time by the way we live and how we act. And, um, and so it's important for us to remember that. I think, too, um, what really impressed me about this verse is when you sit at home, when you walk along the road. So it's just part of your daily conversation. It doesn't have to be a big deal. I think my parents, I grew up in a wonderful Christian home, great godly parents, but I think their faith was somehow personal to them. And so it wasn't something they talked about with us. We all went to church together and we knew that's what we did as a family, but it would have been weird for my dad to sit down and talk to us about the Bible. Now he's had a big 
life change where that's not the case anymore. But I've I really liked how you know Brett is just great about inserting just little words from the Lord here and there or scriptures or it's just it's part of the daily conversation. Okay, the next one, teach the Bible, 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16, and that from childhood, and I highlighted from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I think we all know our kids are amazing. Their brains are, are just sponges and they absorb so much. It's crazy. Um, you know, and I, it's, it's uh, sad that as we get older, our brains don't quite work as well. But uh, anyway, while they're young, teach them the scriptures. Let them hide God's word in their heart. And um, it, will, it will yield tremendous fruit, tremendous fruit. So teach them when they're young. And absolutely, you know, they're, they're, um, even when they're little, they can memorize scripture verses. And um, I remember in kindergarten, I got a, a reward for memorizing 26 Bible verses, one for each letter of the alphabet, and uh, being able to recite that. And my dad would give us rewards for being able to recite the books of the Bible and just little challenges and things like that that you can use to, to really, um, you know, get your kids to, to focus on things that will really make a big impact on them. Teach them about creation, Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So I included this um, because of as I grew up, I was fascinated with the universe. I was fascinated with creation. And, um, and my parents did a good job of sh- showing me things and saying, yeah, God created a, you know, these amazing animals and this incredible universe. And for me, that was a, especially as I got older and started to, to you know, question, you know, do I believe this because of my parents or do I really believe this? Um, as I look out at the universe, I'm just amazed that you know, the way our planet is situated and how big the universe is, and there's, in my mind, there's just no, I don't, I can't, I can't uh, believe in random chance plus infinite time. To me, it's just clearly the sign of an intelligent designer. And, um, and so I think we can use creation, and that helps with, while we're walking by the wayside, oh my gosh, you know, girls, did you see that incredible animal over there? Or, you know, talking about all the different things that you see and pointing them to God. God has, is so creative. So that was a huge part for me, and uh, I think it's something we can start using with our kids while they're little. Talk to them about God's creation. Teach them about the need for a Savior. And, um, you know, I think, again, kids, kids learn this fairly early. They, they learn that they have trouble obeying mom and dad, that they want to do what they want to do and not what you are asking them to do. And so Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23, um, you know, are verses that we can teach our kids early, you know, got some bad news. You know, we, we all sin and all have fallen short of the glory of God. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, the, we, can't, we can't come in the presence of a holy God with sin present in our lives. So we have a need for a Savior. Um, so those are kind of the foundational verses that we use to teach our kids about their need for a Savior. And then teach them about Jesus. But the good news, the good news is that God loved us so much that he sent his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And, um, 
you know, Christmas is such a great holiday and such a great way to, to talk about the birth of Jesus and um, the giving and receiving of, of gifts um, and the free gift that we get from our Heavenly Father who loves us and gave his son to die for us. And so we use Christmas a lot and Easter and, and, and some of the, you know, the, the holidays to talk about it and, um, and just, you know, constantly talking to our kids about who Jesus is and how much he loves them and how he has died for them. And, you know, so our kids, our kids accepted Christ and, and I, I guess we'll so lead them to Christ is the next thing. So that was obviously kind of our beginning goal. We wanted them to know who God was and then for them to understand their need for a Savior and then accept Jesus as their Savior, his penalty for their sins. So, so let's just begin this discussion on leading them to Christ. So, so salvation, what's necessary for salvation? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah, why, why, why do I need a Savior? Why do I have to trust that Jesus died? I don't need a Savior. I'm a good person. Okay, yeah, exactly. So the need for a Savior, understanding that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that trust in Jesus' uh, sacrifice on the cross, believing that He died and He is paying the penalty for our sins. Um, belief in that is what's required for salvation. Okay, what age is appropriate? What do you think? It's kind of a tough one, right? I mean, is there, you know, um, my experience was I became saved at a young age, very young age. I was in kindergarten. And um, I went to a Christian kindergarten, and they would have a little chapel every Wednesday, and, and uh, um, they would have an invitation every, every Wednesday at the chapel service. And one time, you know, my friend raised his hand, and, and so he went forward. And then the next week, I was like, you know, what did he, you know, what's he doing? And, and so my parents kind of explained it to me, and it's like, oh man, I need a savior. And uh, so I raised my hand that next week and was saved there. And then came home, told my parents about it, and they kind of walked me through a little bit more. And you know, I was five years old. How much did I really understand? I don't know, but uh, I will say, um, you know, I I never doubted that I, that there was a person. Um, Jesus, who died for my sins. So I became saved at a young age. And our kids, our girls, uh, would say the same thing. They became saved at a young age, uh, five, four, four and five years old. They, we'd been talking to them early, of course, and, and, um, and so showing them the need. And they, uh, they all received Christ at a young age. Um, of course, from then, you grow. Uh, you grow in that. And so um, this, this is, how can I be assured of salvation? So that was always one of my questions when I was young. So I became, I mean, at five years old, can you really have the knowledge to trust in Christ? Um, so that was always, you know, one of my questions was, why did I really become a believer at that time? And, and why am I still sinning? Why do I still struggle with these things? So some of this idea of assurance. So one of the things that we talk to our girls about is this idea of relationship and fellowship. And uh, so we had been taught, taught this by a, a pastor um, who basically explained to us that when you become saved, you are now born again. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit and you've received Christ as your Savior and that can never be changed. So I would liken that to us having a child. You have a child, they're born, they will always be your child. Even if they act horribly and they say, I disown you and you get mad at them and you say, I disown you, whatever, 
That won't ever change the fact that you are their child, okay? Now, what can change? The fellowship, the intimacy that we have. So um, that changes um, from time to time and how, you know, our actions have consequences. And, and yeah, my, my kids, um, they, can, they can turn their backs on me and they can walk away and they can experience zero intimacy and zero fellowship with me. And that's their prerogative. But does that mean that I'm no longer their father? No. So that was a concept that we used to teach our kids as well. Once saved, always saved. But our intimacy can go in and out based on our actions and our um, but we're, but um, so that was something that helped us, and it helped me for sure. What about baptism? So baptism, um, our children have not been baptized at this point. Um, baptism for for us is a sign of our commitment to the Lord. So both Carrie and I have been baptized. Um, Ariel, um, our 18-year-old, wants to be baptized and is going to be baptized, but it was a decision that we wanted our kids to make when they were old enough. And, and so we had no problem when they were, you know, 10, 11, 12, um, already believers, already walking um, in the Lord. And, um, I, you know, so they asked me, Dad, can I be baptized? I'm like, sure, absolutely. You know, all I want you to be able to do is explain when you get up in front as to why you want to be baptized. And I think that scared them a little bit. They were like, I don't want to talk, you know. And, um, and so anyway, but uh, so, and from my experience, I was baptized right before I went off to college, and our girls know that. I think in the back of their mind, they're kind of thinking they want to do that as well and kind of make that as a stake in the ground of, hey, I'm owning this. This is, this is my um, testimony to the, to the world, to, to those that are watching, that um, I truly believe um, that Jesus died for my sins. What next? Okay, so now they're baptized or, or now they're saved, and what next? Well, of course, the, as you all know, we're constantly growing and maturing as Christians, and, um, and so it doesn't end with just salvation and making a decision for Christ or baptism. Um, you know, now, now we get to enjoy that fellowship. Now, we, now, now that we are, uh, we're, able, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, now we can come into the presence of God and and um, enjoy that fellowship and intimacy. So we're just constantly now working on growing in intimacy with the Lord. Okay, here's some of our family strategies. So um, local church, obviously uh, getting involved in a local church was, was critical for us. Loved having the community of believers to plug in with. Our kids started going to church at a young age. They got used to it. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we thought that was really important. I asked all of my girls what was, you know, what are some of the top things that they would say was important to them for their spiritual formation. And all three of them said Pine Cove Family Camp. So we were introduced to this 11 years ago by a, another uh, family in the church, and they'd been going for a while. And let's see, Whitney was two at the time, and, uh, and so Ariel was uh, eight and Katie seven. And so we started going as a family, and you go off. Uh, this is Tyler, Texas, that we would go. They have one in Columbus as well. They have one in South Carolina. But you would take a week of vacation, and you would go off to this camp. Um, and, and, and at the camp we were at, there are 22 cabins, so each family has a cabin. And they bring in a pastor from um, a local area, and, um, and that pastor will speak to the parents on either marriage or um, parenting or a Bible, a Bible topic. And, um, and that's kind of the week that you spend there is uh, you have you know, sessions with the pastor going through that, the, the parents do. 
the kids get to go play with their counselors and they have these wonderful college age counselors who are on fire for the Lord and are teaching your kids about um, growing in their character and understanding who Jesus is. So um, it's, it's really a unique experience. And when we first heard about it, we were kind of like, oh, you know, vacation. I don't know that it sounds like a vacation. And um, it's become so important to our family. It's, um, we, we think of it as an aircraft carrier. And so, you know, some, so much of the time we're just, we're, we're running out of gas. And, um, and we're, you know, landing there at Pine Cove to be refueled and recharged and refocused on what's important before we take off again. And, um, and so I'm not surprised at all that our girls have said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So lots, and and actually, our church partners with Pine Cove, and Pine Cove comes in and does little things here, and and um, family devos were important for us. Um, so we started that at Pine Cove. Uh, they give us they give you these little books, you know, on the topic for the week, and then each each uh, day has a little devo, and they tee it up for you, Dad. I mean, they just you know you just basically read the verse and tell you exactly what to read, and so it's so easy to do. And to watch your kids kind of grow through that and, um, and, and get used to that. And then so we carried that over as well to our daily, daily life. And so in the mornings when our kids are all at the breakfast table or at night um, or in the car, um, you know, we, we do little devos and, um, and life gets hectic and everybody starts going every which way and it's hard. So we might do devo with one girl. You know, we might sit down and just do it with one or I might just catch two while I'm driving them, you know, so so. Don't feel like you have to have a set time. It's nice when you can have a set time. We had a period of time when we could do breakfast, and we did that, and everybody knew 7 a.m. we're at breakfast, and we're going to do Devo. And um, It's great when it works out like that, but then everybody starts going every which way, and it gets hard. But, um, but you know, trying to catch it when you can is important. Well, I mean, this is for what, what were some of the adjustments you made as Okay, great. Yeah, so early on, um, we did a lot of the Jesus Storybook Bible, a lot of uh, Veggie Tales, a lot of very short uh, videos, and, and things like that that could catch the you know capture the kids' interests. Um, you know, if we read a verse, it was like a proverb or a psalm. Uh, wasn't you know nothing very deep. Uh, you know, uh, with uh, any doctrine or anything like that, just because, you know, the kids, they're not going to understand, and, and uh, it's just in one ear out the other. Um, as they got older, we started engaging a lot more and open-ended questions, and, and what do you think about this, and, and talking to them more. Started reading the Bible, started going through verse by verse and talking about different, you know, passages in the Bible. Um, and, um, and so, and now... You know, actually, I asked Ariel this last week to lead a lead a Devo. She didn't. We didn't get a chance to do it. But uh, so the transition, as you you know, you start giving them more and more responsibility and giving them more and more uh, questions. You know, deeper deeper questions, letting them grow that way. Um, that's what's worked for us. So I, I mentioned Veggie Tales. Our, you know, we're such a, a media age, right? And these kids are so used to videos and getting, you know, seeing something visually. And that, that you know, that was important. Um, so our kids really got a lot from VeggieTales. Stories. I love stories. And The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I can still remember my parents reading that to me when I was little. 
So I did the same with our kids and read that to them. Um, they're how, how C.S. Lewis pictures Aslan as uh, Jesus and the things that he does and just how he, uh, his power and just the way he's represented as this lion that's to be feared but yet loving. Um, you know, great imagery for us to, to use uh, to help capture our kids' hearts. I mean, that's really what we, we want them to love the Lord. You know, so they have to be fascinated with, they have to, you know, see his incredible beauty and glory and power, be amazed by him. Service projects, we talked about that. Great idea, great opportunity for the family. And, and these food packing events, if you haven't tried one, they're great because you divide up as an assembly line. There's a job for everybody. So even if you're, you know, your two-year-old is there, they can still you know, um, help hold a cup and, and turn it in. Or you know, There's opportunities for everybody to serve. Um, we, did a, we also did a mission trip as a family. We went to Haiti and uh, had a great time there. And that was to your point. Our kids had never really seen um, you know, what life is like in some very poor countries. And Haiti was, a, was a, an eye-opener for all of us to see how, how they're living. I mean, you know, their houses consist of uh, aluminum siding that you know, is, is, uh, would, would, would be on your outdoor shed and then plastic. And, um, and they have to walk to, to wells to get fresh water. They don't have fresh water. Um, there's very little prospect for job. Um, so it's, I mean, it was, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's eye-opening. Family mission statements. So we were, we were challenged uh, to this. I read the, read the book, um, Three Big Questions for the Frantic Family. So as our kids were getting older and, and um, we were rushing every which way and f- you know, feel like you're being asked to do all these things, uh, that, was a, that was a book that spoke to us and suggested you come up with a mission statement. Um, one of the other families, I think, mentioned that uh, last week to do a mission statement. So ours was glory, give generously, love the Lord your God, overflow into others, um, that love, remember what God has done, yield to the Holy Spirit. So those were, those were that was our motto. We, we implemented this later. This was, this was something that came, you know, a couple years ago for us, but um, it, and it helps us, right? You, we're making decisions every day. We make decisions every day. Are we making those decisions that's helping us get closer to where we want to be, or are we making those based on how we feel today that may be leading us in the wrong path? So those are, uh, the mission statement is a great idea. Plus, it gives us identity, right? And that was one of the things that the, the other family talked about was, you know, this was, the Tuckers are, this is who we are. We're different. And we get this all the time. Oh, but so-and-so, you know, was able to get, Snapchat at the age of, you know, 10, and, and why can't I have it? And, you know, well, you know, the Tuckers, you know, this is not how we live. We live differently. Um, this is, we're going to do this. Um, Bible memory verse, so they can start early, hide their word, hide that word in God, you know, in their heart, hide God's word in that heart. Awanas was a program that, that we, uh, we used, and the kids, uh, the kids, our kids actually said, yeah, yeah we, we liked Omanas, but it wasn't the greatest. So some kids really thrived. Some of our friends, uh, their kids absolutely loved it. Ours were so-so. Um, some of that has to do with the friendships that they have there and so forth. But, uh, but it was still very good. They learned a lot of scripture. Prayer, huge. Praying for our kids. Praying for each other. You know, praying with them. Praying in front of them. Praying for them in your quiet time. How much are you praying? They see that. Christian music, I put that on there. That was actually one thing that impacted my life. 
Um, started listening to Christian music at, in, as a junior in high school. And uh, my, my dad had given me, a, uh, a, if you can believe this, an Amy Grant CD. So I thought, well, you know, I'll just put it in. I didn't have any, I didn't have any other music, so I put that one in and, and actually found that I kind of liked some of the words, and it was uplifting. And I used to listen to KSBJ when I would do work outside and started seeing, oh, my gosh, I feel better. This actually makes an impact. And I started waking up in the morning hearing some of the Christian songs and, and saying these um, spiritual hymns and positive, encouraging things. Um, so what we listen to, it's being repeated in our minds, our our 13-year-old can sing all the world's words to Hamilton because she's listened to the music so many times, knows it by heart. You know, what we listen to, we're repeating. It's being used in our minds. I used, to get, I used to argue with my dad all the time because he would say, you know, what you're watching, what you're putting in is having an impact on you. And I can remember at the age of 15 saying, Dad, look, I, you know, the Jedi mind trick doesn't work on me. I'm smart <laughs> enough. I, you know, I don't need this. But, you know, certainly as I, as I was older, you recognize all of these Things that we're taking in have an impact on how we, what we believe. Small groups, big fan of small groups and big proponent of small groups. We, we think that that, um, that really helped our personal growth and our kids saw us going to small groups, know that that was important to us, and, and uh, therefore they have a desire now, and they, they participate in a lot of the small groups at church. And then sports is another big thing for us. Um, having three daughters, um, I wasn't sure if they would like to get involved in sports. I'm a big, I love sports. Um, and really, whatever they're doing, whatever they're doing, get involved. So I'm coaching um, girls lacrosse now because our girls all got involved in lacrosse. And, um, and I coached some of their other sports when they got involved in that. And um, it's helped me have a, a great relationship with each of my daughters because I get to spend that extra time with them and their friends. And they see, and they see me doing that. Um, and I remember when I was younger, I kind of lost some relationship with my dad, some fellowship and intimacy with my dad because when I was younger, he was, he, he was working all the time. And the only time I saw him was on the weekend. And it was when, son, you need to get out and mow the lawn. And, you know, it was all, it seemed like everything we did, um, when I was about, say, age 10 to 15 was, was work related. And so by the time I was 15, I was, I, I didn't want to see my dad very much because I knew he was putting me to work. So having that, Having that intimacy with, with your children is huge. That, that gives you the right to speak into their lives. So spend that time with them. Know their love language. Speak that love language, and, and, uh, and that'll give you the right to speak into their lives. Okay. All right, so quickly moving on to some of the dangers. Um, we are in a battle. We are definitely in a battle. Um, I... I if we kind of say, okay, you know, I'm gonna, I want my kid to really own their own faith and I'm just going to let them decide what they want, guess what? There's a world out there that's happy to tell them what they should believe and they're going to tell them the exact wrong thing. Um, we are definitely in a battle against the world, our flesh, and the devil. Um, you know, what is the, word, what is the world teaching our kids? Terrible things. Oh, you know, you, you can choose your own gender. You know, you're not a man or a woman. You're you're whatever you want to be. Um, yeah, I think like self discovery is like of the utmost importance. You know, that what you have inside you is ultimately what the is the most valuable thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your truth is what's ma- what what matters. Never mind what we what what's really true, right? It's you know your truth, whatever you see. We are in a battle. Know that we are in a battle. Know that if you are not intentional about how you're going to 
battle the world and, and what you're doing. Um, we went to a social media um, talk at um, at the we go to the Woodlands. Our kids go to the Woodlands Christian Academy, and they had a, um, a an expert counselor who came in and just talked about the social media um, influences and what he's seeing. And there's a tremendous rise of depression and anxiety because of the influences of social media that, that um, you know, we didn't have to deal with when we were younger. And, um, and our kids are being taught that, you know, hey, um, posting, posting on social media is super important. How many likes you get? You can have all these friends if you, if you get on there. And, and um, you know, there's just so many influences on there to help them to, that, that aren't really true. I mean, they're seeing these pictures of, that are photoshopped and are the best of everything, you know, and boy, if only I could be like that. And, and, you know, I wish I was this good or this pretty or my hair was like that. There's just so many influences and pictures. And these apps are designed to keep our kids engaged in that and wanting more and looking more. That was one of the things that he talked about was it's not like hunger where you get enough to eat and you're full. Um, this, this, the, the positive uh, feedback you get from the social media and the pictures, um, you can keep going. You're never satisfied. You could spend hours and hours. And, and uh, he was saying this average, average amount of time kids are spending on their phone is over six hours. Over six hours. So a day, a day, a day. So and, the, and, these, and uh, he talked about one of the executives from Facebook who stepped away. And said, and won't let his kids have a smartphone because he said, you know, we're we're using all that we know, all the knowledge that we have about our psychology and how to how to influence, and we're using all that to keep these kids on the app all the time, and and um, have them, you know, almost addicted to it, right? And so they're just totally engaged. So know that we're in a battle. It was creepy yesterday. Mm-hmm. We were going around Market Street, and everyone was on their phone. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Anyway. It, it was, we were, we were kind of like, you know, he said, oh, there must be something going on. But it was really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. It was a poking. Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, big, big, big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, it, was, it was almost I mean, like turn your stomach to say, people really will walk around the neighborhood. Hundreds of people down there yesterday in a small block, all facing down, walking, like two, like strolling. Two, Devices at a time, and we were like, "What is going on?" Yeah, and that's just a little bit like that. So you know, it, it tells you something about their lifestyle, yeah. with it maybe, or where they go. It's, it's attached to them, and it's over the whole I mean, time. it was kids. It was older people. It was. Uh, it was really. Not- yeah. Just a big billboard. Yeah, <laughs> sure. This thing was just really. Uh, I uh, yeah. It was not good. I was listening to a, um, a speech that we were talking about earlier, but anyway. Um, the man said, you know, about the dopamine release that you get when you drink alcohol or, you, or when you're addicted to um, gambling or things like that. Like, there's a there's a release and it makes you feel good. And the same thing happens with social media and cell phones and things like that. You yep. get that same release. And so one thing that struck home is he said, would you really allow your 10-year-old, 11-year-old alcohol or, you know, that at that level and let them do as they please? Right. No, of course not. No one would. That's what they're, they're getting that same Mm. And 
you to have two people with each other and not and be able to hold a conversation for more than five minutes is is almost unheard of now. Yep. And to have your kids sit there and look at you and hold a conversation with you, that's almost lost now too. Yeah. It's all like you're saying that every every single one of us and even couples that are together that are out on the mommy daddy date or whatever, or maybe even first time couples, first time dates are doing this yeah. at the dinner table, which is, is to me is unbelievable because yeah. what goes on here and away from outside of where my reach is right now, I have no control over Exactly. So why can't I affect the people that are around me and make them feel better? Yeah. That goes back to the modeling. I mean, you know, just like you said, you and I are guilty for the same thing that we're upset about. Absolutely. Our kids be guilty of it. You know, we're modeling that behavior that that's what's important yeah. at the dinner table is what's on your phone, not what's... Absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. Um, just a, a quick summary to that, too. What the uh, counselor suggested is, is it's these social media is addictive and it is. And when you see your kids going into the room, isolating themselves, um, you know, starting to maybe show some some negative behaviors, it's a sign. It's I mean, it's the same signs that uh, other addicts exhibit. And uh, when you see that, step in, get involved. Get involved on the front end too. Have framework. Have have boundaries for these kids. They they're not going to be able to know when enough is enough. Their brains are not developed to be able to to determine that. So we as parents have to step in, get filters, set time limits, set a framework. Social media is here to stay. It's not going to disappear. We can't bury our head in the sand. But there are guidelines and healthy ways that we can help our kids make wise choices. So we do have that. a week on media technology. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, this is a good conversation. Okay. It's, it's, it's in a, I think it's in two weeks, I believe. So we'll okay. So, so sorry. Okay. No. All right. Um, just and real quick, last two points. What, uh, are, what are your ch- children's natural sinful tendencies? Each of us has a flesh. We each have areas of, of weakness. Um, you know, understand what your kids' areas are. Understand what their, what their personalities are, what maybe the temptations that they'll face are. Help them process that. And then, um, you know, work with them through that and help them to grow in those areas as well. Um, what about spiritual warfare? So I just listened to a podcast on spiritual warfare. Are we doing a topic on that too or no? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I heard a great sermon on it. And, um, you know, two mistakes we can make as Christians is one saying, um, you know, being a materialist and saying, oh, there really is no spiritual uh, beings that influence us and everything is just all natural and um, our own uh, natural tendencies. Or we can attribute everything to the spiritual influence and, and, and error on the other side is magicians. Um, and so, um, you know, both approaches are not healthy. And, um, and we need to know that there is a spiritual battle and that, um, you know, the Bible teaches us that. Um, and um, some of the tools that um, are used against us in the spiritual realm are temptation and accusation. And um, so temptation occurs when we put too much focus on God's love and not enough focus on his holiness. And so we say, oh, God will forgive me for this. So I, I really want this. I'm going to do it. Um, so that temptation can occur that way. Um, Accusation occurs when we're putting way too much focus on God's holiness and not enough on his love. And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, God will never forgive me for this. And you're super depressed and you want to run from God and hide from his intimacy. So I had heard those two and I thought I would share that with you because I thought that was uh, that was a pretty good illustration of, uh, of the spiritual battle that we're in. 
the sin of omission. You know, you've heard that once in a while, but it's, it's true that if you get to this point in your spiritual life where you feel like you've, you've, you've gained a lot of knowledge and wisdom, and all of a sudden you can drift, right? Yeah. And that's omitting Christ and this Holy Spirit to work in your life a little too. We can all go through that. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, final encouragement. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Parenting is not easy. It is tiring. It is hard work. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times um, it would have been easier for me to just, you know, I wanted to just go to bed, not get involved, not, you know, not engage. When, when, you, see, when you see the bad behavior or you know your kid needs you, um, it's just, it's hard work. Do the hard work. Do not give up. And if, you know, if you're feeling running low, ask the Lord to strengthen you. Um, and by his power, you will. Any other questions on what we talked about? Did you ever find like any, or does anybody have any suggestions as far as like podcasts and stuff? Because I like to listen to podcasts and stuff for specifically Okay. Yeah. For me, I love, I love Tim Keller. He's got a great, um, podcast. Um, and it's, uh, let's see, I'll have to look up what the name of it is, but you can do a search for it. Um, he's really good and has lots of, he does a lot of, um, expositional Bible teaching, but then there are topical, uh, subjects and, and, uh, so a lot to learn from there. Anybody else have any parenting podcasts? Yeah. Well, there's one place.org.com that that's, and like an entire uh, library of people who do broadcasts, right? So maybe uh, traditional broadcasts, and maybe some parenting broadcasts, and marriage broadcasts. But it's it's everything is in one place that work. Oh. And then you can sort it by parenting and by oh. all these different topics. There's an app called Faith Play that's similar. Okay. And that Tim Keller is Gospel in Life. Gospel in Life. Well, sure. most, of the, most of the books, and we'll have a resource page um, work on it now. But most of the, of the authors of those books, they typically do have kind of like online resources. I know like Paul David Tripp has a podcast to talk about parenting, and Henry Cloud, and some of these other guys who've written some of the books. Uh, they all have kind of media presences where they have kind of ongoing stuff too. Awesome. Can I close this in prayer? Please. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the great gift of being parents. And Father, we thank you for your incredible example to us as you um, gave your one and only Son um, that if we believe in him, we should not perish but have everlasting life. So, Father, thank you for your incredible love for us. And, uh, Father, help us to communicate that, teach that, inspire our kids to just fall in love with you and to uh, love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And give us the strength to, to fight through it even when we're tired, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.